The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel. I'm here as always with Mike, and we're going to recap the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite and also give you a preview of the upcoming Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which will be happening this upcoming Saturday, available on pay-per-view and BR Live and other platforms. And uh, before we get into all of that, Mike, how are you doing? I was I was trying to say something different because I always start with, I'm doing good, buddy. Um, so I, I didn't want to do that again, but in all, in all reality, I am doing good. You know, this is a good, exciting go-home show for the pay-per-view. Really excited for what we're going to get at Double or Nothing this weekend. And just feeling energized, man. I, I put a sappy post on Facebook earlier, you know, as I'm writing my notes, watching this show, just, I love professional wrestling, man. I love it. <laughs> it's such, it's so much fun. And I don't care. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you love professional wrestling just like we do, but it's just, oh man, I'm feeling good. I'm just feeling really energized. AEW's got me pumped, ready for this pay-per-view, ready to recap this show and preview the shit out of this. I'm good. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. It was, uh, it was a really fun show, and I loved the ending. I'm sure we'll get to that, uh, but it really got me hyped up for these matches that are coming up at this pay-per-view this weekend. I always look forward to pay-per-view weekends and, uh, you know, AEW keeps us waiting a little bit longer than the other wrestling company. And I think that's a good thing because, you know, when that pay-per-view comes around, it's an event and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So I, I know we got a lot to cover tonight. So why don't we jump right in and, and get a rundown of the week that was. The dynamite that was. All right, so a jam-packed episode of Dynamite started off with a, a generic promo for Double or Nothing going over the different matches and feuds that are happening, and that was followed up by Brody Lee accompanying Preston Vance, also known as Ten, to the ring where he was uh, made a, a knight of the Dark Order before he had his match with John Moxley. Uh, that match was next, and Moxley won via pinfall. This was followed by a promo segment in which John Moxley, after the match, threatened to break the arm of Preston Vance and then followed through on said threat. After that, we got the uh, match between MJF and Marco Stunt. MJF getting the submission victory there. We got the face-to-face between Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts. This was followed by a short uh, Darby Allen video segment. And uh, after a commercial break, we got another video segment from Pac, his first appearance in quite a while. That was followed by the advertised match between Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix getting the win via pinfall, a little bit of outside interference there. This was followed by the tag team match in the women's division featuring Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida facing off against Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose securing the pinfall victory for her team in that affair. We then got an interview with John Moxley backstage in which he cut a promo on Brody Lee and rhinoceroses everywhere. And uh, that was followed up by the first installment of Sean Spears News. Then we got our main event, Sammy Guevara taking on Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy got the pinfall victory and then everything broke down into a brawl in the stadium between the inner circle and the returning members of the Elite. We got a Hangman Page sighting. We got a Young Bucks sighting. And I am hyped. <laughs> Lightning round. Uh, we are going to bypass our normal stock up, stock down tonight to make sure that we, we get to the double to nothing preview. So we're going right into lightning round. And Joel, why don't we start with the end of the show? The return of the Elite. Not only do we get the Young Bucks doing their flippy shit off of the first row, Hangman Page ran a 100-yard dash in boots. I'm pretty sure he set the world record. Chris Johnson 2K has nothing on Hangman Page. He was lightning down the field. What would you think of the uh, 
the end of the the show and and where we're going with this match. So you know that I am not, generally speaking, a fan of big brawls and pull-aparts to end shows. I just feel like it's usually a whole lot of nothing. Um, But this segment was a lot of fun, and it had probably the coolest shot of the night, which was when you, you got that glimpse of a tiny little Adam Page on the far end of the football field, and he just steadily got bigger and bigger and bigger, and it was just fantastic. I, I, I loved this segment. I really enjoyed Matt Hardy's work uh, grabbing the baseball bat. And man, he really peppered Ortiz with that bat. That looked nasty. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was fun. And I, I liked them uh, hitting Omega in the face with water to wake him up when he was up against the uh, field goal post. And, and they were you know getting ready to smash him with the bat. I thought that was a nice touch just to make it, you know, seem a little bit more sinister. It's just a really fun segment. I, I really dug it. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, I, I'm i hyped for this match. Uh, it should be, you know, might it's not going to be blood and guts, but man, I'm excited to see what they do. Fall counts, yeah, falls count anywhere in the arena. And did you notice the end zone that they were in? I think it said the elite. So I, I'm really hoping that the other end zone says the inner circle, circle and it just has this like cool you know, NFL Sunday vibe to it, but it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, the bucks looking good, you know, uh, like just, you know, getting that tan down in Southern California. And I'm surprised Hangman page could run in a straight line. I'm assuming <laughs> he's been drunk this entire time. My alcohol content has gone through the roof in quarantine. I can only imagine what a professional drinker, gin guzzler, beer tapping mofo, like Adam page has been drinking this quarantine. So good for him for making it down the field. I think there's just going to be a lot of energy. I kind of wish Cody was involved, you know, to truly make the elite uh, feel complete. But Matt Hardy has been such a great supplement to the elite dynamic that I really don't care. It's going to be fun. Anything about anything more about this before we move on to our next item? Uh, no, I think that's good. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was that uh, amazing match between Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix. Yes. This was just this was art. Uh, I I love this match. Uh, match of the night. Match of the night by far. Nothing came close to this match. This was fantastic. So creative. Um, I, I loved the hands in pockets single leg takedown from Orange Cassidy, and then he turned it into a hands in pockets Boston Crab. Like, are you kidding me? So, uh, there was so much fun stuff. Uh, and then, of course, after the match, Phoenix almost died. I, I've not seen a bump that bad in a long time. That just looked terrible. And, uh, you know, I watched nobody, it again. <laughs> nobody caught him. Nope. <laughs> the only thing that nope. caught him was the floor. And it looked so painful. Uh, but really fun match. Uh, what what spots stood out to you from this match? Uh, I think my favorite was the diving DDT. I just love that move. and. It, it kind of it kind of falls into just the ultimate laziness because you're just jumping into him and hitting a DDT, but it looks so smooth, it looks so clean. Um, there was that like Ca- uh, Cassidy was on the turnbuckle, Phoenix jumped up on the top rope, did like a sunset flip power bomb type thing. Yeah, uh, that was sweet. The, yeah, the end of the match too. You know, the mus- muscle buster countered into that roll up. Like Cassidy could get in and out of moves so smooth and just he tried from the very beginning and hit even the, the even the opening spots of the match with him like dodging all of phoenix's moves very casually and i loved how when he was on the stage he just took a very slight step back to avoid the massive kick to the head again i yeah. thought that was really well done it was very looney tunes the, yeah yeah, yeah. It, the the first five minutes it felt very looney tune-ish that's a great great way to describe it it's like you know, Elmer Fudd chasing the bug, you know, Bugs Bunny. And it's just, you're not going to quite get him. So really love this match. If we were doing our normal structure tonight, I would have opened with this as our stock up, stock down, because this match was just absolutely incredible. And that, sorry, I'm going to tell another spot, that massive leg drop that yeah. Phoenix did, he was like, what, 10 feet above the ring, if not higher. <laughs> like, 
Like it just, oh my god, best fucking wrestler right now. Like, thank God, thank God, Phoenix could get down to Jacksonville because the last two weeks have just been absolutely amazing having him back. Yeah, really great stuff. Um, another item I wanted to highlight in in lightning round here is I thought Marco Stunt looked fantastic in his match with MJF, and uh, there were there were two spots that really stood out to me in this match. One uh, was the like flipping Rana that Marco. It hit looked like on a wet pop type spot, you know, uh, kind like of. Except he did flashed. a flip. I mean, yeah, that it was <laughs> wild and uh, really really cool. And then the other one, of course, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about MJF uh, forcing Marco Stunt to pick his nose and eat it. <laughs> so damn funny yeah you, you said everything i need to say about this match uh from commentary i really like jr saying with a man of marco's height his drop kicks are like uppercuts which, is, <laughs> <laughs> which was really funny but yeah really solid match here i thought marco looked really good and i you know i've hated on marco a ton on this podcast i've come a lot come you know come on a bit here in the last few weeks and I kind of I kind of see where he fits in the company now. He he is the ultimate underdog. He's not going to win those big matches, but when he hits those spots like that that flippy Hurricane Rana thingy, you're like, "Whoa." And just for a split second you're like, "Is Marco going to win this?" And one day with the crowd, they're going to have him win one of these matches and they're going to go berserk and it's going to be oh, yeah. awesome. It's going to be great. So the next thing I want to talk about and I saw you tweet Mr. Sean Spears before the show, but Sean Spears news, man, the ratings are in and it's a hit. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. I also, once again, just going hard at the roads here. You know what? <laughs> retirement is a bitter swill to pol- ah, Retirement is a bitter pill to swallow. That's a hard phrase. But 12 years ago, it wasn't. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I was distracted during this segment reading the Chiron because it just was full of funny stuff. Like, yep. you know, <laughs> Dustin retires finally. Um, it's Cody's fault. And then Sean Spears deserves a match at double or nothing. I mean, it was just such a well put together and well produced segment. And I I really like this. I know this kind of thing has been done before, but it's a great vehicle for Sean Spears and his delivery, especially early on in this segment before he kind of broke down and went into business for himself. He sounded like a newscaster and I I just, I love the work that he's doing with this being the anti roads on AEW. And, you know, he's, he's really slotting himself in well and, I think there's a lot of upward trajectory from where he's at. Yeah, there's a lot of potential. I, I know you're not a big South Park guy, but there's an episode of South Park where Cartman gets control of the morning announcements and he turns it into like a right right wing news network that basically goes after Wendy Tessaberger every single day. And it 100% feels the exact same way. And if we just get Sean Spears ripping on Cody for the next six months in this segment, great. Let's go. I loved it. And I'm excited that that match is on the card. I think that will be a solid addition to Double or Nothing. So another thing I wanted to talk about, there was a promo clinic on this episode. And, and that Master was the, the sit down between Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts. Wow. This was the best mic work <laughs> from Jake Roberts since his debut. Really, really fantastic stuff. And I... I loved some of the the back and forth between these two, you know, Jake delivering lines like you're not used to coming out here by yourself. Well, you better get used to it, you know, indicating that Arn's friends are about to be destroyed by Lance Archer. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of already coming true as Dustin's been taken out. Now, if Cody gets taken out, then, you know, these people who are being coached by Arn Anderson are, you know, getting blown away right and left and then Arn going right back at him and i like <laughs> i really liked him he was like now don't you interrupt me like uh-huh. cut him off at the pass like i know what you're gonna do 
And uh, this whole segment was just phenomenal. Him talking about the snake and being like, that's the distraction. And yeah. what you really need to be focused on is the, the evil in your eyes. And, you know, you know, it's not scripted. You know, it was they were given bullet points, live mics put in the ring, and they just made it happen. And that's what wrestling needs more of, because I'm sick and tired of watching promos where I know the words that are going to be said before they're said, because it's what makes sense and it's how you would script it. So Mm -hmm. more of this where it's unpredictable and I'm not sure where it's going to go. And it's, you know, it gives you a little bit of anxiety, but in a good way. Yeah, man. You know, for all the the negatives we've we've had with Jake's promos here the last few weeks, this was amazing. (laughs) I don't I don't know. You know, we don't get this a lot because I just don't know how many people can do this, you know, in the industry handfuls, maybe. And God, I screw Goldberg, Undertaker. I want to see Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake throw down. Like, I'm all for it. Uh, I loved when Arn says, I'm a vicious prick. And some good <laughs> news for you, Jake. Jake is doing DDP yoga. I want you to be limber when I spine busted your ass and shove your ass where the sun don't shine. <laughs> like, it's just so damn good. And for men who are what, in their 60s? I was afraid of both of them. Like these guys could stomp a mud hole in my ass and just leave me to leave me for dead. Like Jake is enormous. And yeah, I think we've touched on this before, but he's from an era where everybody was bigger. And so he didn't look that big by comparison to everybody else, but compared to a modern wrestling roster, dude's huge. So I know we could probably keep going on this. We probably should move on uh, because we do have, the whole pay-per-view that we need to, yep. to preview. And I have a few more things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, one of which was the match between John Moxley and Preston Vance. And I'm going to call him Preston Vance instead of calling him 10. Cause I feel like calling him 10 is just weird. Uh, yeah, my notes are really weird. Just writing Moxley beating down 10 Moxley with a suplex to 10. Like it just looks weird. I really liked the promo leading into this match, and I thought that Preston Vance looked really good. I, I like his work in the ring. Uh, I thought that the uh, the spine buster that he threw looked fantastic, and uh, he hit that ace crusher really clean. And uh, ace I, crusher, I just, what is that? That ripcord cutter type thing? Yeah. Okay, and, I just know uh, the name. I love that spot. That was great. Yeah. It, it looked really good and his uh, his pump kicks looked really good. And I, I, you know, I've talked about this before when referencing people like Kazarian and Santana, but I really like workers where the not so flashy spots look really good, where everything is clean and everything is just well executed. And I think Preston Vance can be that kind of a worker. Uh, he's got a future and I think a pretty high ceiling. He's very strong. He's well-built, he's athletic, and I'm excited to see more from him now that he's been knighted and has become kind of a lieutenant on this same level as a Stu Grayson or an Evil Uno. I think we're going to see more from him moving forward, and I'm here for it. Yeah, two two things about him. One, his ring gear looked clean. The white pants with the knee pads with 10 on it, like he has a, a distinct look despite being one of the mass creepers. I always forget the Beaver Boys because there's nothing unique about them. They're just there. Ten stood out, and it reminds me of when, like, it reminds me of, like, Randy Orton being paired up with Evolution early in his career. Looks like an athletic freak, high ceiling, maybe doesn't have the chops to put a story on his own or the mic skills yet, so you pair him with a veteran who can talk, and you let him grow, so... Yeah, I agree totally. I think there's a lot of potential there. And then, uh, what was I going to say about two? I, was, I had a two. I said two things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this match got me excited about this feud. We didn't even talk about the AEW World Championship on last week's episode. We both kind of said, ah, it's kind of falling by the wayside. And I liked the viciousness from Moxley at the end, nailing him with a, not only a DDT, not only a pile driver, but then the final paradigm shift to get the win. And then the, I'm going to count to 10 on breaking this dude's arm. And then basically 
Brody Lee being like, called your bluff. And then he did it. I love the viciousness. Um, we'll talk so more I, about this in the preview about what we think is going to happen. But I, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was entertaining and, and it got me hooked. I took a different tack on, on Brody's response because he said, we all have to make sacrifices. And then he left, uh, <laughs> indicating that Preston Vance <laughs> was going to have to make a sacrifice of his arm. And, uh, it's just I, like Shrek. Some of you may die. That's a risk <laughs> I am willing to take. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brody Lee is Lord Farquaad. Oh my God. <laughs> He's way taller though. <laughs> yes. Way taller, way taller. Um, <laughs> um, I only have one more thing I want to talk about before we move on to our pay-per-view preview. Um, I thought Nyla Rose made Chris Statlander and Sheeta look like starts tonight. She was selling all out on everything. And I just wanted to point that out because, you know, I think the mark of being a great wrestler, a great champion is being able to make other people look good. And she was throwing her body all around tonight to make those women look great. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought Chris Statlander in particular came across really, really strong in this match. And the last really major impression that we got from Statlander was her pay-per-view match where she had the flu. Was sick. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, that was clearly not her best showing. She toughed it out, but, it was nice to see her return to form in a high profile match and, you know, get some shine, get some cool spots. So I yeah, do have the one that she had to to have Rio, uh, Rio sorry, Nyla Rose up on her shoulders. Just crazy strength, crazy yeah, strength. Love absolutely. It. I do have one other thing I wanted to very briefly mention, and then we can get into our, our preview. But that Darby Allen video was <laughs> gnarly. I mean, mm-hmm. He's playing this game of poker with all of these masked individuals who are wearing the faces of his opponents in the casino ladder match. And then he climbs up onto a ladder and lights himself on fire. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, I'm, I'm loving, he, he's had multiple of these little quick one minute videos since he's, uh, been in the company and I, I think they're really effective. Um, it just once again, kind of puts him in this like crazy, unstable, badass type of thing. And, you know, I love, you know, it's a casino. It's the double or nothing pay-per-view. It's casino themed. Thought it was pretty good. And yeah, the, the cutouts on the people are, I don't know why they creep me out. They're, right, they're because just, they're un- creepy. They're just unsettling. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's not, I don't know. It's not because it's gross or grotesque or anything. It's just uh, something's off. And it always gives me the shivers when I see that. And I don't know if he's a true face anymore. You know, he's kind of been had a little attitude here lately, but I love it, man. I love it. Can't wait to see what happens in that match. Yeah, I think he's always kind of been a tweener. And I think they're leaning into the heel side a little bit more uh, lately. And I think that's a good thing because he was starting to get a little bit more on the baby face side. And so I think this is kind of a correction. And if we see some nefariousness from him in this ladder match, I think that's going to help out a lot as well. Uh, there's a lot of people that the crowd likes to cheer for, and he's definitely one of those people. So if he can kind of get himself over as a heel or more of a heel tweener, then I think that's a great place for him to be. That being said, unless you have anything else, we can move on and start not. previewing this this upcoming pay-per-view, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I, I wish we had a drop for it, but uh, unfortunately we don't. So uh, first off, on the buy-in, we have a number one contenders match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, and that is between Private Party and the Best Friends. Uh, we haven't really seen them interact unless they've interacted on Dark, but I haven't quite been paying attention to that. So it'd be great to see part Private Party back on our TV. Um, I think these guys give them 10 minutes. They're tear the house down. We've seen the best friends on this massive streak lately, and I don't see that ending. So I will be taking the best friends in this match, and I'm assuming you will too. Uh, I'd like to see Private Party get the win here just because... 
they're they might be my favorite tag team in the division. They're just so much fun. And I was reminded of that watching Dark last night. Uh, they had a match and they're just a blast. Mark Quinn is so high energy and Isaiah Cassidy is so entertaining. And uh, I'd like to see them get the win here. But I think this match has a lot of potential. Um, it's not based around any kind of a feud or any kind of drama. It's a rankings-based match. So uh, it's nice to see that element of AEW coming back into play. And uh, I, I agree. I think, you know, 10 to 15 minutes on this one. And because it's on the pre-show, it's not taking time away from anything yeah. else. So, you know, you if they get a little bit more time, then I'm sure they'll come up with things to do to fill that time. You've got two veterans who have been around a long time in Chuck Taylor and Trent. And two young guys with a lot of energy and a lot of creativity and Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. So I, I trust them to put together a very entertaining tag team match. Agreed. And on to the main card, man, I don't know about you. I've been having a hard time picking these matches. I don't know if there are really any gimmies where you can say without a doubt, one person's going to win. So let's, let's get right to it. Let's, uh, I don't want to follow the exact order that Wikipedia is showing because it starts off with some of the top matches. So let's just start with MJF with Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. Joel, what are your thoughts on on this match? Well, this is actually a rematch. These two have faced off in singles competition once before leading up to, I forget. Revolution? What, I think it was leading up to, to Revolution, yeah. And, and it was a fantastic match, although very brief. So I'm hoping they get some some more time. and. I think that the more high profile singles matches that Jungle Boy is in, the more of a star he's going to become. So this is a great opportunity for him. I do think MJF gets the win here just because it doesn't make sense with the way he's been positioned on the card for him to not go over. Um, but I think we're going to see some shenanigans between Wardlow and Luchasaurus. Uh, that will lead to a feud between the two of them moving forward. Cause they've already kind of been eyeing each other up and, Yes, they have trying to start something. So I'm excited for this one. And uh, MJF and Jungle Boy have styles that are different, but very complementary. So mm -hmm. look for a lot of very athletic wrestling in this match. Yeah, I, I was talking to my buddy earlier, uh, Nick Marino, going to give you a little shout out. You know, we were talking about it was kind of weird how the title match, the main title match came to be, you know, before quarantine mjf was listed as the number one contender um and my buddy made a good point that with two talkers like mjf and john moxley do you really want to do those shows that that feud and an empty crowd type of situation because you would have to expect that type of in-person promo would go wild in front of people so i think that's i i think that's why we have mjf jungle boy it seemed kind of random but they had been kind of taking shots at each other throughout the entire quarantine on twitter um, and also, like you mentioned, they had that match back in February. Um, so yeah, I, I think I agree with you, MJF. This is probably the easiest match to, to pick on the card. Um, just because it wouldn't make sense for MJF to, to lose considering his status on the rankings. And, you know, we don't want, he don't, we don't need him to lose the momentum he had from beating Cody at revolution. So I'm going to have MJF with the win, but yeah, give jungle boy more time. You know, I would love to see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus really get some, you know, push towards the tag team titles or some other big time feud with another team. But I, I think MJF takes it here. All right. Next match on the card. One I think we're both extremely excited for. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris Statlander. I, I have no idea because Britt has been building that extreme heat throughout the entire quarantine period, has kept it since she's come back, was pretty brutal with Statlander last week on Dynamite. And like you mentioned earlier, Statlander has kind of reinserted herself into this division, showed off when healthy. <laughs> There's not many people who can beat her. Um, we saw her example of strength tonight by holding um, Nyla Rose up on her shoulders. So I'm having a hard time picking this match. I don't really know <laughs> like i don't know what to go with where to go with this what, what are your thoughts on this match well i'm gonna go with the good doctor in this instance i think that uh 
She is doing such great work, and I think that it needs to be rewarded here. Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup because these are two of the bigger, more physical women in the division. And I'm interested to see what kind of spots they come up with. Uh, Chris Statlander has been involved in some really creative matches and, and some creative spots. Uh, throughout the quarantine, you know, when she hasn't been able to be there, a lot of her highlights have been going around Twitter of different matches that she had on the indies. And she's wrestled a ton of really interesting matches. And uh, she, I didn't know this, but she has done a lot of intergender wrestling on the indies and has had matches with a lot of high profile male wrestlers uh, and really looks great in those matches. So I think that being with someone like Britt Baker, who's a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical, um, she's, you know, one of the tallest women in the division, I think gives her uh, a good person to play off of. And I think the two of them will put together a very entertaining match. Do you think this, the results of this match could be anyway tied to the women's championship match? Because I kind of wonder, you know, whoever wins this match between Baker and Statlander, you'd assume would shoot up the rankings because I believe they are two and three behind Hukaru Shida. So if Shida wins, she obviously moves up to number one in the championship spot. Or if she loses, and could she tumble a bit? So I wonder if the results of this match is directly tied to who will be the champion. Because you have to feel either one of these women, if they win, would have claim to a title match. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buck the trend. I'm going to go with Statlander. It seems like her push was uh, a little bit delayed with her being sick. And then obviously the quarantine. And I think before all of that, they had pretty big plans for our favorite alien. So we'll we'll split it here. You know, we won't, won't pick the same same on everything. So um, and on that note, I think we can go right into our AEW Women's World Championship match. This between Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida. This is a no disqualification, no countout match. And Joel, I know we didn't do stock up, stock down tonight, but I, I'm going to give us both me and you a stock down for not talking about I found your kendo stick, bitch, from last week's episode. Shame, shame, shame on us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> ring the bell. Shame. 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 Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really excited for this one, and I think we're going to see so many kendo stick shots in this match. And uh, the fact that it's both no DQ and no count out, and, and those kind of go together, so you don't really need to make that distinction. Uh, so the fact that they are saying no disqualification, no count out, makes me think they're going to do some exploration of the arena in this match. And uh, this one could get pretty wild, but these are two very capable wrestlers who have great chemistry. We've seen Sheeta and Nyla face off before and in, you know, multi-person matches. And I think they've faced each other one-on-one -on -one as well. Um, that might've been fall. Yeah. I was thinking that too. And um, Sheeta can get Nyla Rose up for, all of her moves and obviously Nyla will have no trouble throwing Hikaru Shida around. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do here. I think, um, I think I've got to stick with Nyla that she's going to come out on top in this match because especially with the quarantine situation, she hasn't really been around to be able to enjoy her title reign. And so it feels like it's been really short, even though she's, held the title for at this point you know almost three, three months, months. Almost. yeah yeah I, I i agree with you um i i've been hyping i've been on the hikaru shida train for weeks now i love her i think she is maybe the best women's wrestler pound for pound in the division um but yeah it just doesn't make sense to take that belt off of nyla rose right now um but i expect a maybe the most violent physical women's match of the last five years, like in all promotions, I, I expect this to, I, I expect Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, when we're talking about this to talk about how this match not only stole the show, but could have like this division altering shit for the next six months. I don't know. I just think it's going to be incredible. It's the match I am most looking forward to on this card. And that's saying something 
yeah, when this, you have this, card, this card. This is an amazing card. Probably why I'm so hyped. I, I think this is the most energy I've had on a podcast that we've had in a while. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to this match. I'm going to take Nyla Rose as well. And let's move on to our Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Recently added as of tonight. I think this is another kind of easy one. Doesn't make sense for Sean Spears to take the L. He's got this new gimmick. He's kind of got some momentum here over the last six weeks. He talked about last week how much we love Sean Spears and how there really is an opportunity here for him to become kind of a, a mainstay of this roster. So I'm going to go Sean Spears. Gonna Perfect 10. Let's go. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton to talk about here uh, because it has been, you know, kind of thrown together. Although Spears has been doing a good job of building animosity towards the Rhodes family, generally speaking. I think what's going to be fun here is that I think they're going to lean into the is Dustin going to show up element of it. So you're going to have Sean Spears crowing in the ring while the referee, you know, applies Starts a 10 counting. count. And then <laughs> you're going to have the classic chicken shit heel moment when Dustin actually shows up. And then we get the surprise victory from Sean Spears, who, you know, initially is is cowed by the simple appearance of Dustin Rhodes. But you know, probably through nefarious means, finds a way to win the match anyway. So I agree. I think um, I think Sean Spears is going to use this as a springboard to move himself up the card and, you know, possibly have, you know, maybe he's going to be in this battle royal on yeah, next week's episode of Dynamite and he could get himself into a match with, you know, Cody if Cody beats Lance Archer. So there's a lot that could happen here. And I think the fact that we have to think about these potentialities is one of the strengths of AEW. They've been so unpredictable uh, in terms of what they're doing in these big matches on these big cards. And I'm I'm excited. I I don't really like, I I don't have a ton to say about this because it was, you know, so last minute, but as soon as Spears issued the challenge on his news program, uh, I was, instantly into it so um, yeah we are gonna get some more in scales this weekend i guarantee it uh i want to comment on one thing you said about how like because we we have to think of these possibilities with AEW. not only was i thinking oh sean spears could win that battle royal and immediately go into a program with cody he could beat dustin and somehow make his way up the rankings and potentially challenge a face john moxley in between pay-per-views here over the next few months so i think there's a lot of ways that they can go with it um, and you know, we were just speaking of Cody, so let's move on to the AEW TNT championship final between Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer with Mike Tyson presenting the AEW TNT championship to the winner. Not to mention we have Arn Anderson, Brandy Rhodes and Jake Roberts likely to play a role in this match. This should be wild. This is the feud probably up there with the elite and the inner circle that has the most personal blood in it you know that cody and archer have been tearing each other apart the last few weeks so uh i expect a a physical match another match that i don't know who i want to win i we look at cody here and cody for the duration of aw has always come up a little short and from a backstage standpoint he has been putting people over and over and over and over for months who the three biggest like Huh. Stars that they've made over the last year, probably what? Uh Darby Allen, uh uh Sammy Guevara, um Sean Spears and they've all had incredible matches with Cody over the last year. So I think it's time for our hero to finally get it done and I think Cody being the inaugural TNT Championship is the I don't know if it's the right move, but it's the move I want to see. And I remember when he fought Jericho for the title, we were talking about, man, is Cody going to put the main championship on himself this early? And I think it would have been the wrong move for the AEW World Championship, but I don't think it would be the wrong move for the TNT Championship. So what are your thoughts, Joel? Um, I mean, I'm torn about this one as well. I think this match is probably going to be decided by who pisses off Mike Tyson. (laughs) (laughs) which is a very scary statement. Have you seen his recent training videos? I I have not, but oh my God, 
He looks they, like a beast. <laughs> they specifically mentioned that like he's been given free reign to wander around ringside and like go wherever he wants. So <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for someone to to bump into him by accident and just take one on the chin and for that to end the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like it, it, one punch. For, I, I just I was just envisioning Marco's stunt bumping back and in, like bumping into him and catering. And oh, Tyson God. just punching him through the roof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's just there's so much uh that could happen in this match. And uh I agree, I think it's gonna be very physical. I think as with most of, of Cody's matches, it's gonna be very punchy gonna be and color. Kicky. And uh yeah, definitely somebody's getting color, if not everybody. Um <laughs> and uh I'm curious to see if we get any old men bumping. Uh it always yeah, makes me nervous. <laughs> I don't like it, um, but it uh, it definitely adds to the drama. And uh, well, like, I definitely think Arn Anderson could take a bump. I think he could definitely take a bump right now. Everything just, with Jake Roberts and so Appel. nervous. He <laughs> he has nerve damage. I mean, like he his he has no strength in one arm because of nerve damage that he's he got that ended his career. Like that kind of stuff makes me nervous because I feel like one bad bump and do you lose feeling in the other arm? Do you lose strength in one of your legs? Like it, it just, it kind of skeezes me out a little bit. Um, I, I think if anything, I think Jake Roberts is going to take that punch. I think Jake Roberts <laughs> is going to take that punch. And the headline on Sunday is old man dies at wrestling show. <laughs> so oh God, <laughs> I hope not. I, I'm, I'm kidding. It's not going to happen that way, but um, I don't think you gave us your pick. Who are you picking here, Joel? Ah, <sighs> Stop delaying the inevitable. You have to make a pick. All right. I'll be the contrarian and I'll go with Lance Archer. They've built him up so much. And uh, Cody, I I think, will continue the Rhodes legacy by losing this match. Dusty famously lost almost every big match that he was in. He's always putting people over. So I think this match is going to follow in that tradition. And Lance Archer is going to go over and be the inaugural TNT champion. So here's the thing. If Cody wins, he is no, I, I, I believe champions are not in the rankings. So would he slide out of the ranking and then, oh, look, Lance Archer would be number one. There's your feud for John Moxley, Lance Archer Moxley. Let's go. Um, but let's let's move on. Uh, let's talk about this casino ladder match for a future AEW World Championship match. JR, I think, let it slip. He said you have to reach for the chip. So I really hope there's a giant poker chip on top, like hanging from the rafters. And that is what they're going for. But in this match, we have Darby Allen. And also, did, was it me or did Cole Cabana looked shredded today? He looked a lot stronger. <laughs> he looked good. Well, we usually see Colt Cabana in very bright, colorful clothing. Uh, and yeah. he was wearing black street clothes. And uh, this, this podcast is very pro black street clothes <laughs> because... They just make you look tougher and, and leaner. And I think that's what was going on with Colt Cabana. Not that he ever looks, you know, out of Big. shape. Like he's a very yeah. fit human being. Uh, but but yeah, he, he definitely looked trim in the in the, the black street clothes. So uh, I think that's a great look. But I think he'll be back in his typical colorful gear that he sews man. himself, by the way, in case you didn't know really? that. He, he makes his own. He's an everyman. Um. So, so also in this match, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted by Cole <laughs> Cabana's bod. Um, five out of five beefcakes. Um, <laughs> are, <laughs> are, the odes to yes, that bad are never ending on this podcast. Um, but this match also features Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and the mysterious P.B. The rules of this match is that two men start and every 90 seconds, a new man enters the match. The match could be over by the time a wrestler comes out. So they, they've mentioned that a few times and I love the innovation here. Uh, we always talk about how we want to see new gimmicks, new type of things. So combining a ladder match with a Royal rumble is pretty interesting. So um, I Dude, from the spots we saw tonight and the little showcase of this match, I don't expect Ray Phoenix to survive. I don't expect Darby Allen to survive. There's going to be a lot of dead wrestlers after this match. 
because these guys are going to do everything they can to put on a show. And I was at All Out last year where it was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in that ladder match. The most insane ladder match I've ever seen. I expect this match to have spots similar or greater to that. And before we pick the match, Joel, who do you think the TBD is? Dude, I have no idea. I, I feel like yeah. it's wide open. I feel like it could be anybody because with the, you know, bonkers state of wrestling right now, like who who's to say that it's not going to be a new talent debuting in this match or, you know, somebody who is just on loan from another promotion that can't, you know, have them working right now. Like we could get uh flip Gordon or we could get uh Marty Skrull or we could get, you know, take your pick of, of people who are out Bubba there. Ray Dudley. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I do he's think a he's a, like officially, officially retired now, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, well, he, Hasn't he retired multiple times with Ring of Honor? Like, yeah, he fucking come well, back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was talking about this with my buddy earlier. He's like, well, what about Pac? I'm like, eh, he's still trapped in England. And same thing with Pentagon. He's he's kind of trapped in Mexico. And then, then he was like, oh, Rusev. I'm like, oh, but he has a 90-day no-compete clause. <laughs> like, And we were going through the entire roster, and we just couldn't think of people. It was like, Paige. I'm like, Paige is going to be in the ma- the stadium stampede match. So. I, it could be anyone. And then he was like, CM Punk. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> Unless CM happening. Punk comes out as Mr. Wrestling 4. <laughs> or Hulk Hogan as Mr. America. Um, but I have really no idea. When I'm looking at this match, I'm trying to think of who would be a convincing challenger for I mean, the champion, regardless of who it is. Mm-hmm. And to me, there's one person who stands above them all and and that's Darby Allen. So I'm going with our crazy skateboarder to win this match and to get that AW world championship match down the line. What do you think, Joel? Um, I mean, I can make a convincing argument for every single one of them. You know, Kip Sabian has come up really strong through the quarantine tapings Frankie Kazarian is someone who you can put in the ring and he can have a great match with anybody. Orange Cassidy is possibly the single most entertaining wrestler on the <laughs> roster. Ray Phoenix, as we've seen in you know recent matches, is sensational in the ring. In his matches on Dark, in the match tonight on Dynamite, he was just fantastic. Scorpio Sky has previously challenged for the AEW World Championship. Obviously, you mentioned Darby Allen who has been positioned really, really strongly throughout. Um, Luchasaurus is one of the biggest guys in the company, so you could always, you know, just pick a time to slot him in for a championship opportunity. And Colt Cabana is one of the most storied wrestlers in indie history. So any one of them could fit this spot. Uh, and if gun to my head, if I had to choose who I think TBD is going to be, I think we get the bad boy Joey Janela inserted into this match <laughs> and uh did not think of him but yes 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 bad boy joey janela would kill and uh i am going to lock in my pick on colt cabana gonna go with my heart colt on this cabana. one because i would love to see colt cabana face off with either john moxley or Brody lee i think it'd be great and um yeah let's let's get to it it's gonna be a fun match i love ladder yeah, matches. I- I, I can't wait. For me, the reason I picked Darby Allen is we talked about earlier. They only do four or five pay-per-views a year. So they're big moments. They're defining moments. And I think if you really are building Darby Allen to be one of these franchise players that Jesus, they refer to him every single time he has a match. I think there's no better moment than Darby Allen, goth punk Darby Allen holding up a giant poker chip. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my real reason. Um, Let's move on. Uh, they call it the main event. I'm not calling it the main event, but let's go with John Moxley versus Mr. Brody Lee. And my thoughts with this match are the same as my thoughts of the AW TNT championship match. We have two debuting monsters and Lance Archer and Brody Lee put into these big matches early on. Do we have them lose this early? 
And usually when you have a storyline where someone steals the championship belt, the champion's going over because he's got to get his belt back. So I, I would love to see Brody Lee as the AEW world champion, but similar to Nyla Rose, Moxley's title reign so far hasn't really gotten to do much. Yes. He defended against Hager. I was, Forgot that guy's name. He defended against Hager and it was fine, but he hasn't had another defense. And Jericho keeps talking about how he's going to get his rematch at some point. He just isn't ready to enact it yet. So um, I would love, love Mr. Brody Lee. I also love how the Wikipedia page refers to him as Mr. Brody Lee. Good job there, Wikipedia guys. But I'm I'm going to go with Moxley retaining and and we'll, we'll have to see what happens after that. But um, I would, I feel like it could backfire on them having Brody Lee lose this early in his first big prominent feud. So I think he just buried the lead. Wikipedia has clearly joined the Dark Order. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but I'm I'm with you on this one. I'm going John Moxley. I think he retains his championship. Um I like you would would enjoy seeing a title change here, but I just don't think it makes sense with you know y- you've put all this time and effort into making Moxley kind of the face of the brand. And I I don't think it's time for that to end. So I also think the dark order can like, kind of like the undertaker's ministry. It doesn't need the title to stay relevant. So Brody Lee could lose and this feud could continue or Brody Lee could lose and he could pick another top end person to go after, you know, we could do, the elite and the dark order now that the dark order is legitimate and not just creepers. So, yep. Uh, we're, we're in lockstep there. And I, this is my main event. I hope it's your main event too, but the stadium stampede match versus versus the inner circle versus the elite and Matt Hardy. This should be insane. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's filmed tomorrow or Friday night, and it gets some cinematic love at some point. But I'm hoping here, for that. I, I would like this match to be more cinematic in nature, just because I think it's the kind of match that could benefit from editing. They're going to be covering a lot of ground in this match if they actually use the whole stadium like they're talking about. And, you know, they made multiple mentions of the press box and, you know, locker rooms, various the, locations. The it takes yard line. time to get from one place to another to another. There are also 10 competitors in this match. So you want to make sure that everybody's featured appropriately and that you don't have a bunch of downtime while a couple of guys are transitioning from one location to another. Uh, So I think, I hope they do pre-tape this and I hope that they edit it down, give it a cinematic treatment. Matt Hardy's involved, so it would be fun to see some supernatural stuff in this match. And for him to, you know, use some of his powers. It's always cool when they do that. And they've done a really good job with it in the past. So hopefully yeah. uh, we get some some nonsense. Yeah, we don't wanna we don't wanna this we don't want this to be like Lord of the Rings. We don't just want to see people walking around, okay? We have to the action has to be consistent and it has to be smooth. So yeah, I, I think this this definitely should be um, that type of match. And I, I really, you know, it's a shame that we probably won't get uh, the inner circle versus the elite in the blood and guts match anymore. Cause probably blood and guts can't be done in the arenas that they're doing this in. So we'll have to wait maybe next year to finally get a blood and guts match. But I expect this to be bonkers. If, if the Matt Hardy, Kenny Omega versus Jericho and Sammy Guevara was a preview of what these guys can do with literally no rules. Someone's going to get run over by like, not just a golf cart, but a tank. A It's a shame they don't have Zambonis in football. I know, right? <laughs> a cement mixer. Um, like, or like maybe, you know what Booger McFarlane was on his Booger mobile on Monday night football, just have him run over that. But there's so many things that can, they can do too bad. It's not in the Tampa Bay stadium. Cause then they could fight on a pirate ship and that would be awesome. <laughs> but oh, but one thing the Jackson the Jacksonville um 
stadium has hot tubs and swimming pools in the the club level. So I thought I was going for a swim. That. Someone's yeah. definitely going in a swimming pool. Oh, it's it's totally Jericho. Jericho's going for a swim. Um, <laughs> in his leather pants. In his leather pants. It's going to get even tighter down there. Cut off the circulation to his little bit of bubbly. Um, but <laughs> I think I think the thought process with Blood and Guts is the same here. So I do think the inner circle gets the win, establish themselves as the group in AEW, and reminds us that Jericho's on top and he... He is the reason AEW is a success. His words, not mine. I'm going to go with the elite here. Uh, I think they need a win. And I I think that this is an opportunity to showcase the people who put this company together. You know, you've got Kenny, Matt and Nick and, you know, Adam Page. They're all integral parts of launching this brand. So I know pulling in Chris Jericho was a huge, huge deal and super important, but it's time. You know, it's been the better part of a year now, and we haven't seen the elite look elite. And this is something that we were talking about, you know, at uh, when, when we were previewing Revolution. And we need to see them live up to their name. And the inner circle, they're healed. They can take the L and it doesn't hurt them at all. I mean, look at how little Chris Jericho's status has changed <laughs> since dropping the title to John Moxley. It well, he's really still doesn't champion, matter. So, so you know, I, good, he's good still point. the champion, even though he doesn't have a title. And, and that's fantastic. But they can continue to do their thing. They don't need to win this match. I think the elite do need to win this match because you can be a heel who loses a bunch and still get over. It's really hard to be a babyface that loses all the time and still get over. Man, I'm I I that analysis makes me think you really did pick Lance Archer just because I picked Cody because that argument is there for Cody too. Um, but great points there, and I think I I I'm excited for the weeks to come because it feels like we finally have AEW back as a whole. For the most part, we have the the main guys on the roster that are are available to compete. So uh, yeah, really exciting times. And this should be a bonkers pay-per-view. Joel, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to review it with you. Anything else before uh, we go fuck to sleep? Not me. Uh, I'll be editing. (laughs) I I do have a random observation of the week. Oh my God. I I can't disappoint the people. observation of the week so uh my random observation of the week takes the form of a question this week uh we saw a video package from pack in in which he revealed that he's not going through this time alone and then he appeared to have a doppelganger who is wearing a mask and i just want to know do we have to call him Tupac now if i had a cricket sound drive right now you would get it (laughs) (laughs) thank you joel i i have nothing else to say that's you're not even a dad yet but that's a dad joke (laughs) i was pleased with it i know i know it's a good one it's a good one it's one of those ones that just makes me kind of question have we run our course (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 21 episodes folks it's been a good run no 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 no. i'm not talking about the podcast (laughs) our our friendship oh yeah yeah Yeah. 12 years of friendship could be on the line find out next week on the other wrestling show (laughs) if i knew the stakes i never would have agreed to do this podcast (laughs) the risk isn't worth the gain no, no, no. I'm kidding. That, that's strike two, though. So you better watch it, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many times have you struck out in our friendship? Zero, because I'm a damn good friend. Mofo. Okay. Oh, we should probably um, edit this out. It's just weird. <laughs> no, it's staying in. On that note, guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show, on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find out, follow Joel at the other Joel. You can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. 
We are on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. And if you're an Android user like me, you can find this podcast on any of the podcasting apps in the Google Store. Um, Joel, any anything to add before you go to sleep and I bang my head against the keyboard? <laughs> Nothing else. That's it. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.